0: They had no shame, heart, heartbreak, or pain when in the pristine garden they trod, but an atmosphere of completeness and joy and holiness and peace, for they were covered by the presence of God. But through deception and sin's dread inception, the covering of glory was lost, so separation and the soul's deprivation bound in knowledge of sin was the cost. But then one night, an odd startling sight, angels appeared with a song. For redemption was born in an unusual form, a baby to God now belonged. First born among men, he lived with power over sin and died to redeem what was lost. But then arose from the grave, delivering the depraved. Jesus had paid the awful cost. Now Satan is defeated. God's plan is completed. The Holy Spirit descends upon men's hearts. We are now renewed with power endued to the willing he freely imparts.
1: Well, as I was um, praying and studying about what the the Lord would want me to share today, um, I heard you have the spirit of a warrior. I thought, oh, wow, that's cool. Thanks, God. that's uh, encouraging. And I thought, oh, that was, you know, that's because, you know, Whenever that you have something that you're praying for, you really hang on to it. You pray it through. You don't give up. You just continue on, and you believe in your heart. So I thought that's what the, I was uh, feeling was that I have a spirit of, a, of the warrior. And whenever people have a need or someone's sick in the church or uh, if they need whatever they might need, that I go to their aid. And so I was thinking, okay, that's what, is, that's what he's talking about. But that wasn't uh, exactly what he was talking about. You know, we have our own ideas. You know, sometimes of what uh, that God's speaking to our hearts. And so, as today, as I was, uh, or this week, this month, actually, as I've been praying and asking the Lord what He might want me to share, that came back up into my mind again. You have the spirit of a warrior, and I thought, okay, well, I need to start breaking it down and find out what it means. Uh, loyal, I thought, well, maybe. I'm, I'm loyal, well, I'm determined, I'm unwavering whenever that, you know, I'm praying for something, I don't give up, I hang on to it, and I'm going to see it through, I'm going to continue on, unyielding, and that wasn't exactly what it was either. Uh, turn to 2 Timothy 1, if you would, 2 Timothy 1, verse 5 through 7. I am calling up memories of your sincere and unqualified faith, the leaning of your entire personality on God, in absolute trust and confidence in his power, wisdom, goodness, a faith that first lived permanently in the heart of your grandmother. Cleo was one of my grandmothers, and Lily was the other grandmother. And in your mother, Eunice, which my mother was Olita, and now I am fully persuaded dwells in you also. That is why I would remind you to stir up, rekindle the embers, fan the flame, and keep burning the gracious gift of God, the inner fire that is in you, by means of the laying on of hands with those of the elders at your ordination. For God did not give us the spirit of timidity, of cowardice, of craven or cringing or fawning fear, but he has given us a spirit of power, of love, and a calm and well-balanced mind, and discipline and self-control. And then turn over to Philippians 4.13, and it says, I have strength for all things in Christ who empowers me. For I am ready and qualified, I am ready for anything and equal to anything through him who infuses inner strength into me. That is, I am self-sufficient in Christ's sufficiency. It's not of my own sufficiency, but it's of Christ's sufficiency. Infused means to be permeated with something such as a principle or a quality that will alter for the better, most generally. Right. So I have strength for all things in Christ who empowers me. And then back over to Second Timothy 2, it says, So you, my son or daughter, Be strong, strengthened inwardly in that grace, spiritual blessing that is to be found only in Christ Jesus. And the instructions which you have heard from me, along with many witnesses, transmit and entrust as a deposit to reliable and faithful men who will be competent and qualified to teach others also. Take your share of the hardships and sufferings, which you are called to endure as good, first-class soldier of Christ Jesus. As a good, first-class soldier of Christ Jesus. No soldier, when in service, gets entangled in the enterprises of civilian life. His aim is to satisfy and please the one who enlisted him. You know, when we're saved, we're... And we, or we, we receive Christ as our personal Lord and Savior, we enter boot camp, so to speak, or basic training, whatever you want to call it. Uh, some, I think they call it different things. I'm not an expert on it, but I'm showing support today. <laughs> <laughs> but our lives will continue throughout our life. It will continue to be challenged to grow, to mature, and to learn. I looked up... Um, What is a soldier? It says a person who serves in the army, a fighter, a serviceman or a woman, a comrade in arms, a warrior, a trooper. You start early telling them that they are strong in the Lord, in the power of his might. They are a warrior. I'm so proud of him and the many others who have served. Those are veterans, those who are veterans today, I'm very grateful. And our country is very grateful for all you've done and sacrificed. And for those who are still sacrificing today. Sorry, I am an emo- my emotional person. But I am so grateful. And I think everyone should be that grateful. They give up their lives, their time, their time with their family, so that we can live in peace and dwell in peace. So the synonyms of soldier, back to my sermon, persevere, persist, carry on, keep on, Keep going. Not give up. Struggle on. Hammer away. Be persistent. Be determined. See or follow through. Keep at it. Show determination. Press on. Press ahead. Stay with it. Do not take no for an answer. Be tenacious. Be fixed. Unyielding in course. Stand one's ground, stand fast, stand firm, hold on, hold out, go the distance, stay the course, plod on, plow on, or grind away. Endure hardships as a good soldier, sacrifice, training, boot camp and basic training is hard. It's not a pleasurable thing. They will push you beyond what you think that you can be pushed. They will push you physically. Sorry. They will challenge you beyond things that you think that you can't endure. But they are not training you for going down the street and going to the job. They're not training you to, you know, go hang out at the pizza parlor or go to Starbucks or... Things like that, what are they training you for? The front lines, battle, life, death. You don't get to sleep in there. (laughs) You don't get to, you don't need to have to go to Starbucks for a coffee before you go to work. You don't have to get manicures, pedicures every week or, you know, go for a massage Basic training is not all about that. We're talking sacrifice, no sleep, no bathroom breaks. They take you out in the field, and sometimes you're there for two weeks to a month with what you carry on your back, front lines. I messaged people that I know that are in the different services or have been in the different services of our country. And... uh, Asked them in preparation for my sermon on Sunday, what are the ten top things you would say that you learned in boot camp or basic training? It was immediate response. I didn't have to wait a week for them to respond back to me. I didn't have to wait two days. I didn't have to wait a day. They immediately responded to me. Ten different things. The first one was Air Force which their motto was aim high, fly, fight, and win. Discipline was number one. Teamwork, respect, communication, fitness, confidence, hygiene, duty, honor, country, weapons training, Each major type of job also learns starts learning the beginning elements of their job. It's all about the core values of each service. Air Force's core values are integrity, service before self, excellence in all that we do. Army, immediate response from him as well. Army is be all that you can be was their slogan until October 2018 in which they took up a new recruiting slogan, Warriors Wanted. Number one, duty. Number two, honor. Number three, selfless service. Looking out for your brother. Understanding authority. Follow the chain of command. Trust, integrity, personal ethics, love of country, devotion to the Constitution. Core values of the Army are loyalty, bear true faith and allegiance to the Constitution, the Army, your unit, the other soldiers, duty, respect, selfless service, honor, integrity, and personal courage. Navy, forged by the sea, Are you noticing that whenever they go into basic training or before they go in, they look different than whenever they come out, don't they? They've grown up, they've matured. They're a lot different. Number one was honor, two, trust, dedication, hard work, honesty, attention to detail, chain of command loyalty, integrity, and dependency on others. Honor standing tall, caring about your impression on others, and courage. Not just courage when the battle is in front of you, courage to do the right thing when no one is watching. Commitment to your shipmates, your family, your responsibilities, and to yourself. Navy SEALs was, the only easy day was yesterday. That was their motto. And Marines, simplify, which is forever faithful. Isn't that cool? You know, I, I know someone who's forever faithful too. So whenever I heard that um, this was the number one of the Marines, it brought tears to my eyes Yeah, he is forever faithful. Number two was perseverance, honor, respect, rank, teamwork, never surrender color, never leave a man behind, importance of being in shape, military dress to the smallest detail, qualify with weapons. Disassemble an M14 with your eyes blindfolded. Because a lot of times when you're out there on the front lines, you're not going to be able to see or take your time, or you may be doing it in the dark. You may be doing it in heavy gunfire. All of these I'm, I'm likening to our spiritual walk. Coast Guard is always ready. Honor respect devotion to duty they all take the same oath of enlistment i blank do solemnly swear or affirm that i will support and defend the constitution of the united states against all enemies foreign and domestic that i will bear true faith and allegiance to the same and that i will obey the orders of the president of the united states and the orders of the officers appointed over me. According to the regulations of the Uniform Code of Military Justice, so help me God. Military members are held to a higher standard than civilians. There are a lot of them that there is no problem for a civilian to do, but it could cost a military person his liberty, his money, rank, or even his ability to remain a military person. In the military, they take young men, as you've seen on the uh, the pictures, young men and women and challenge them to become both physically and emotionally stronger than they ever thought that they could be. Have you ever wondered whenever that you see them marching across there, they're all in perfect unity and harmony, which we could take. Yes, in our churches, unity and harmony, to be in perfect step with one another, going the same direction. You know, have you ever thought you have some six foot five guys and you've got some little four foot ten people, yet they're all in the same line, marching the same cadence, the same rhythm? That's pretty amazing. A soldier doesn't wake up and say, Oh, I'm really not into getting up that early. Not today. <laughs> I'm really not into going and doing those exercises today. They are a soldier, aren't they? Doesn't matter what they feel. Yeah. And they may face dangers. They may face it head on, front lines. I'm sure they're human. They will have fear. They go beyond their fear because the purpose is greater than that fear. Turn to 2 Corinthians 10, 1 through 5. 2 Corinthians 10, 1 through 5. Now I myself, Paul, beseech you by the gentleness and consideration of Christ himself. I am lowly enough, so they say, when among you to face, face to face but bold and fearless and outspoken to you when I am absent from you. I entreat you when I do come to you that you may not be driven to such boldness as I intend to show towards those few who suspect us of acting according to the flesh, but on the low level of worldly motives, as if invested with only human powers. For though we walk, live in the flesh, we are not carrying on our warfare according to the flesh, and using mere human weapons. For the weapons of our warfare are not physical, weapons of flesh and blood, but they are mighty before God for the overthrow and destruction of strongholds. Inasmuch as we refute arguments and theories and reasonings and every proud and lofty thing that sets itself up against the true knowledge of God, and we lead every thought and purpose away captive into obedience of Christ, the Messiah, the Anointed One. And then I want to turn to 2 Chronicles 32, 7 and 8. Be strong, be courageous, be not afraid or dismayed before the king of Assyria and all the horde that is with him. For there is another with us greater than those with him. With him is an arm of flesh, but with us is the Lord our God to help us and fight our battles. And the king relied on the words of Hezekiah, king of Judah. Be strong, be courageous. Another one that I think of is Joshua 1.9. Have I not commanded you, be strong, vigorous, very courageous. Be not afraid, neither be dismayed. For the Lord, your God, is with you wherever you go. Have you ever known someone that went into the service? They do look like little boys and little girls when they go in, (laughs) especially now as I'm getting older. (laughs) Uh, When they graduate, they look like actual men worthy of respect, women worthy of respect. In John 14, 15 through 30, it says, If you really love me, you will keep my commandments, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another comforter, a counselor, a helper, intercessor, advocate, strengthener and standby, that he may remain with you forever the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive welcome and take its heart because it does not see him nor know and recognize him but you know and recognize him for he lives with you constantly and he will be in you i will not leave you orphans comfortless desolate bereaved forlorn or helpless I will come back to you. Let's jump on down to verse 26, I think. But the comforter, the counselor, the helper, the intercessor, advocate, strengthener, stand by. The Holy Spirit whom the Father will send in my name, in my place to represent me and act on my behalf. He will teach you all things and will cause you to recall, to remind you of, bring to your remembrance everything that I have told you. Peace I leave with you. My own peace I now give and bequeath to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Do not let your heart be troubled. Neither let it be afraid. Stop allowing yourselves to be agitated and disturbed. And do not permit yourselves to be fearful and intimidated and cowardly and unsettled. You have heard me tell you I am going away, and I am coming back to you. If you really love me, you would have been glad because I am going to my Father, for my Father is greater and mightier than I. And now I have told you this before it occurs. So when it does take place, you may believe and have faith, in, and rely on me. I will not talk with you much more, for the prince, the evil genius, or the ruler of the world is coming, and he has no claim on me. He has nothing in common with me. There is nothing in me that belongs to him. He has no power over me. Amen. In verse 17, it said, for he, this Holy Spirit, lives in you constantly and will be in you. And if that spirit of him who raised Christ from the dead dwells in you, then he raised up Christ. He who raised up Christ from the dead will also restore life to your mortal short-lived bodies, your perishable bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. That same spirit that raised Christ from the dead. It's a lot of power, isn't it? We give ourselves, oh, I just can't do it. You know, I don't have the willpower. I don't have the ability. That power is strong in you. Just yield to him. It brought Lazarus out of a grave. There is no bondage, no bondage, no habit, no addiction that you can't overcome through the power of Jesus Christ, that power that is within you. That power can break off every chain. Amen. Every chain, even fear. A resurrection power that can save. In verse 30, it says, The prince of genius... The evil genius or the ruler of the world has come. He has no claim on you. Stand in it. He has no claim on you. He has nothing in common with you. There is nothing in you that belongs to him. Nothing. He has no power over you. The Holy Spirit is a determined warrior. He will never stop fighting. He is a warrior. He doesn't desert, abandon, or leave you. And you aren't big enough to run him off. Pastor says that. He He will never leave you. Ephesians 1, if you want to turn there with me. 17 through 23. For I always pray that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, that he may grant you a spirit of wisdom and revelation. Number one, to know the power that's in you. That you may know the power that is in you. Of insight into mysteries and secrets. In the deep and the intimate knowledge of him, by having the eyes of your heart flooded with light, so that you may know, my, mine are flooded with tears right now, sorry. So you can know and understand the hope to which he has called you, and how rich is his glorious inheritance in the saints, his set-apart ones. And so that you can know and understand what is the immeasurable and unlimited and surpassing greatness of his power in and for us who believe as demonstrated in the working of his mighty strength. Which he exerted in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his own right hand in heavenly places far above all rule. And authority and power and dominion, and every name that is named, and every title that can be conferred, not only in this age and in this world, but also in the age and in the world which are to come. And he has put all things under his feet, and has appointed him the universal and supreme head of the church, a headship exercised throughout the church, which is his body, the fullness. Of him who fills all in all, for in that body lives the full measure of him who makes everything complete. Everything complete. And who fills everything everywhere with himself. Whenever I was in school, I was a cheerleader. And, you know, um, cheerleaders... Encourage you. Matter of fact, I received an encouraging word uh, yesterday, and then I received another encouraging word today from people in this congregation that meant a lot to me and that did encourage my heart. It gave me courage and peace just to speak what the Lord would want me to say. Well, one of the cheers that we uh, would say whenever that uh, we were falling behind maybe and the other team had got a basket or got a, uh, had got a goal at football, never give up, never give in, fight to win. Right. That's a good motto yeah. in our Christian life. Right. Never give up, never give in, fight to win. The Holy Spirit or the Comforter is your cheer captain so to speak. He is always encouraging, helping, cheering you on, giving you boldness. He is your counselor, your helper, your intercessor, your advocate and strengthener, and stand by. First John 4 and 4 says, you are of God, little children, and have overcome them because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Yeah. Doesn't matter what you go through, what you face in life, he's greater. He is greater. Right. Here a while back, Sister Erlene had her knee replaced and we was at the hospital and uh, was visiting in the little, me and Patsy was in the, they, Tam and uh, Teresa was in with her mom. And me and Patsy was sitting out there in the main waiting area and was just visiting away. And she was telling me about all the trips that they had been on and stuff. And really, uh, I enjoyed a lot talking to her um, about their different adventures that they had taken. And she was telling me about a trip that she was going to go on in a few weeks, which she was going to be going, I think it was to New Mexico or uh, out that direction, where the. all these hot air balloons gather and they go up, and it's a beautiful sight," they said. And so um, as she was telling me about it, you know, she said it was just beautiful to see all of them going up. And I was thinking about hot air balloons and how they even, you know work. The, they have a burner that they have to have fuel on there to and because the burner has to burn fuel. We have to have the Holy Spirit in us. This burner starts heating the air inside the envelope, which uh, it starts puffing up because hot air rises. You know, whenever it's hotter, the air is hotter than the outside air, it's going to rise. And so it starts becoming lighter than the uh, cooler air on the outside of the balloon. And it causes it to float upward. And then whenever the, you know, they want to come down, they gradually cool the air, and they just float down gradually. Well, most uh, an average balloon with a deflated envelope or a gondola and a basket and then 30 to 40 gallons of fuel in two tanks weighs about 800 pounds. But once it's inflated and into the air, it weighs about 2 and a half tons, which is 5,000 pounds. Most balloons can fly for one hour, depending on the size, the outside temperature, and the amount of weight that's carried. Again, I'm likening this to our human bodies. It takes more fuel, doesn't it, whenever we are going through hard time. We need the Holy Spirit more. On a cold day with only the pilot flying, it can go up for about two or three hours, They don't fly in rainstorms or um, when it's windy, and the, uh, the temperature of the balloon can reach 100 degrees Celsius, and the rain falling on the balloon cools it, and on that hot air inside, and that means that the pilot must use more fuel to keep the balloon afloat, and the balloon is harder to control. The longer the flight, you'll need more fuel. The more weight, you'll need more fuel. The more wind, you'll need more fuel. Colder conditions, you'll need more fuel. Let's say when uh, we are the balloon, we need more fuel whenever that we go through adverse conditions, whenever that we're going through hard times, trials. We're going to have uh, when the flight or the trial is long and when the weights of life come, the winds blow, when loss comes to your life, When you're pressured or stressed, you're going to need more fuel. You're going to need more of the Holy Spirit. Know your strengths and know your weaknesses. And ask the Holy Spirit to reveal to you your weaknesses so that he can strengthen those weaknesses in you. Uh, This is one of my weaknesses that I have to... Anyone know what that is? Pollen. Pollen. It's horrible. That's one of my weaknesses. So I know whenever I go out and mow the yard that I had better put that mask on or I'm going to be itching and sneezing and coughing. I guard myself against my weakness. We need to guard ourselves against our weakness. If you're, um, if you're uh, on a diet... You don't want to go hang out in Cinnabon or uh, Hertz (laughs) Donuts or Starbucks or Lambert's where you smell all that wonderful smell around you. You don't want to hang around there. You're just tempting yourself. You can do it. I can do it. But it's hard whenever you're surrounding yourself with nothing but temptation. When you're riding the motorcycles, uh, we are always watching for dangers or hazards, especially the lead bike, uh, because, number one, he sees it first because he's went through it, or he goes, he's seeing it first hand. So you're going to warn the other bikers that's behind you. There's deer on the, in the road, or deer beside the road, there's gravel on the road, grass, grass. Who would, how would that be so dangerous? It's like a black ice on a motor- for a motorcycle. There's a big chug in a ro- uh, chug hole, or there's rocks, there's gravel out on the road, sand. There's dogs. Cows, we've even had cows and horses that's been out by the roads or in the road. You're warning those that are coming behind you. There's oily spots on the road. All those things can be detrimental to the bikes coming behind you. If you've seen those things and you know you went through it, you can help those other bikers that's coming behind you. Christians, we aren't required to tell other people. God said, if you don't tell other people, I'm just going to smash you with a hammer. But we do warn other people because why? Because we care about them. We don't want to see them wreck. If we went through something, if we went through loss or grief, or we understand we can help those that are going through it behind us. Just make sure we do it in the right manner. Tone. Remember, tone is everything. Tone, the way that you speak. Don't be condescending. Don't be actually a genuine, heartfelt love. Show them and guide them and help them. You know, um, we're on the same side. We're on the same team, Christians, right. our church. Yeah. We're on the same team. Just like in basketball, whenever the, the, you're playing games in high school, you know, you've got a whole team out there that's working, and you've got your subs, on, you know they're ready to come in at any time. They work together as a team. If, if the coach sees that there is one person that starts dominating, what's he going to do? He's going to pull him out. learn teamwork everyone they have their strengths they have their weaknesses you have those that are going to be good at three point shots those that are good at free throws those that are good at taking the ball down court those that are you know you have all different strengths and weaknesses know what our strengths and weaknesses are of our brothers and our sisters and then Shake it off. If they do make a mistake, shake it off. You're all right. You're all right. Get it next time. You'll be all right. The Holy Spirit is always teaching us and training us and helping us to be the very best that we can be. Not what or who someone else is. I can't be pastor, but I can be the very best person that I can be. I'm not trying to fill his shoes. It's not of our own abilities, but through him that we have strength and can be overcomers in anything that would cause us to fail. You have the spirit of a warrior. Each one of you. Do you know what that means now? It's not anything of us the holy spirit in us gives us power and might you are a warrior that's what i have